0: the one who breaks the, the darkness raised with raised the a liberating light. The light. Praise the one who frees the prisoners, turning blindness into sight. Welcome to the Daily Bite. I'm your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Today's text is the longest chapter in the book of Genesis, chapter 24. Now Abraham was old, well advanced in years, and Yahweh had blessed Abraham in all things. And Abraham said to his servant, the oldest of his household, who had charge of all that he had, Put your hand under my thigh, that I may make you swear by Yahweh, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, among whom I dwell, but will go to my country and to my kindred, And take a wife for my son Isaac. The servant said to him, Perhaps the woman may not be willing to follow me to this land. Must I then take your son back to the land from which you came? Abraham said to him, See to it that you do not take my son back there. Yahweh, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred, and who spoke to me and swore to me, To your offspring I will give this land, He will send his angel before you and you shall take a wife for my son from there but if the woman is not willing to follow you then you will be free from this oath of mine only you must not take my son back there so the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham his master and swore to him concerning this matter then the servant took ten of his master's camels and departed taking all sorts of choice gifts from his master And he arose and went to Mesopotamia to the city of Nahor. And he made the camels kneel down outside the city by the well of water at the time of evening, the time when women go out to draw water. And he said, O Yahweh, God of my master Abraham, please grant me success today and show steadfast love to my master Abraham. Behold, I am standing by the spring of water, and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Let the young woman to whom I shall say... Please let down your jar that I may drink. And who shall say, Drink, and I will water your camels? Let her be the one whom you have appointed for your servant Isaac. By this I shall know that you have shown steadfast love to my master. Before he had finished speaking, behold, Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, the son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, came out with her water jar on her shoulder. The young woman was very attractive in appearance, a maiden whom no man had known. She went down to the spring and filled her jar and came up. Then the servant ran to meet her and said, Please give me a little water to drink from your jar. She said, Drink, my lord. And she quickly let down her jar upon her hand and gave him a drink. When she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw water for your camels also until they have finished drinking. So she quickly emptied her jar into the trough and ran again to the well to draw water, and she drew for all his camels. The man gazed at her in silence to learn whether Yahweh had prospered his journey or not. When the camels had finished drinking, the man took a gold ring weighing a half shekel and two bracelets for her arms weighing ten gold shekels and said, Please tell me whose daughter you are. Is there room in your father's house for us to spend the night? She said to him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, whom she bore to Nahor. She added, We have plenty of both straw and fodder and room to spend the night. The man bowed his head and worshipped Yahweh and said, Blessed be Yahweh, the God of my master Abraham, who has not forsaken his steadfast love and his faithfulness toward my master. As for me, Yahweh has led me in the way to the house of my master's kinsman. Then the young woman ran and told her mother's household about these things. Rebekah had a brother whose name was Laban. Laban ran out toward the man to the spring, as soon as he saw the ring and the bracelets on his sister's arms and heard the words of Rebekah his sister. Thus the man spoke to me, he went to the man, and behold he was standing by the camels at the spring. He said, "Come in, O blessed of Yahweh." Why do you stand outside? For I have prepared the house and a place for the camels. So the man came to the house and unharnessed the camels and gave straw and fodder to the camels. And there was water to wash his feet and the feet of the men who were with him. Then food was set before him to eat. But he said, I will not eat until I have said what I have to say. He said, Speak on. So he said, I am Abraham's servant. Yahweh has greatly blessed my master, and he has become great. He has given him flocks and herds, silver and gold, male servants and female servants, camels and donkeys. And Sarah, my master's wife, bore a son to my master when she was old. And to him he, was, he has given all that he has. My master made me swear, saying, You shall not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, in whose land I dwell, But you shall go to my father's house and to my clan and take a wife for my son. I said to my master, Perhaps the woman will not follow me, but he said to me, Yahweh, before whom I have walked, will send his angel with you and prosper your way. You shall take a wife for my son, from my clan, and from my father's house. Then you will be free from my oath when you come to my clan. And if they will not give her to you, you will be free from my oath. I came today to the spring, and said, O Yahweh, God of my master Abraham, if now you are prospering the way that I go, behold, I am standing by the spring of water. Let the virgin who comes out to draw water, to whom I shall say, Please give me a little water from your jar to drink, and who will say to me, Drink, and I will draw for your camels also. Let her be the woman whom Yahweh has appointed for my master's son. Before I had finished speaking in my heart, behold, Rebekah came out with her water jar on her shoulder. And she went down to the spring and drew water. I said to her, Please let me drink. She quickly let down her jar from her shoulder and said, Drink, and I will give your camels drink also. So I drank, and she gave the camels drink also. Then I asked her, Whose daughter are you? She said, The daughter of Bethuel, Nahor's son, whom Milcah bore to him. So I put the ring on her nose and the bracelets on her arms. Then I bowed my head and worshipped Yahweh and blessed Yahweh. The God of my master Abraham, who had led me by the right way to take the daughter of my master's kinsman for his son. Now then, if you are going to show steadfast love and faithfulness to my master, tell me. And if not, tell me that I may turn to the right hand or to the left. Then Laban and Bethuel answered and said, The thing has come from Yahweh. We cannot speak to you bad or good. Behold, Rebekah is before you. Take her and go, and let her be the wife of your master's son, as Yahweh has spoken. When Abraham's servant heard their words, he bowed himself to the earth before Yahweh. And the servant brought out jewelry of silver and gold and garments and gave them to Rebekah. He also gave to her brother and to her mother costly ornaments. And he and the men who were with him ate and drank, and they spent the night there. When they arose in the morning, he said, Send me away to my master.' Her brother and her mother said, Let the young woman remain with us a while, at least ten days. After that she may go. But he said to them, Do not delay me, since Yahweh has prospered my way. Send me away, that I may go to my master. They said, Let us call the young woman and ask her. And they called Rebekah and said to her, Will you go with this man? She said, I will go. So they sent away Rebekah, their sister, and her nurse, and Abraham's servant and his men. And they blessed Rebekah and said to her, Our sister, may you become thousands of ten thousands, and may your offspring possess the gate of those who hate them. Then Rebekah and her young women arose and rode on the camels and followed the man. Thus the servant took Rebekah and went his way. Now Isaac had returned from beer le and was dwelling in the Negev. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field toward evening, and he lifted up his eyes and saw, and behold, there were camels coming. Rebekah lifted up her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she dismounted from the camel and said to the servant, Who is that man walking in the field to meet us? And the servant said, It is my master. So she took her veil and covered herself, and the servant told Isaac all the things that he had done. Then Isaac brought her into the tent of Sarah his mother and took Rebekah, and she became his wife, and he loved her. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. This is the word of the Lord. We'll plow through this a little bit faster uh, just to try to keep on time. We do get to skip over pretty much everything that the servant of Abraham says from verses 34 uh, through 48, as it's a repeat of the rest of the chapter leading up to it. In verse 1, Abraham, we're told, is old, advanced in years. He's 136 years when Sarah dies, which puts Isaac at 36 at the time. And we're told in chapter 25, verse 20, tomorrow, that he's 40 years old at the time he's married. So three, four years have passed in between Sarah's death and the beginning of this chapter. Abraham takes his servant, makes him swear an oath that he's going to do this thing, that he's going to find a wife for his son. Now, the swearing of the oath is done by placing his hand under Abraham's thigh. It is believed that the, the idea going on here is that that hand, then, is close to Abraham's, well, his, his loins, his groin, the place from which his descendants, his seed, will come. And so it's a closeness to Abraham, it's a closeness to his, his offspring. And so this man is swearing such a, a strong oath in that way. We see it again in the Old Testament, actually in this book, in Genesis chapter 47, as the son of Isaac, Jacob, or Israel, as he's called in the text, will have his son Joseph swear to him in the same manner. So, what is he swearing to do? He's swearing that he's not going to find a Canaanite woman, which is the land that they live in, the land of Canaan, to marry Isaac, but instead he's going to go back to Abraham's own family, and he's going to find a woman to be faithful as a wife to Isaac from there. This begs us to consider our own practices around marriage. It's worth having this conversation as as a family, no matter what age your children are. How do we find our spouses today? There's not a perfect system. I'm pretty positive that America's culture of dating is not good, not helpful, but you can talk about ways that you can go about this process together as Parents who seek to find a a faithful spouse for their child and working together. Abraham didn't send Isaac away to find a, a spouse. In fact, he very specifically forbids his servant from taking Isaac away to find a spouse. Instead, Abraham puts in the work, he puts in the labor. He makes sure, he sees to it that this thing is done. And Isaac rejoices in the gift. So there's something to be said for it. It's not a perfect system. There is no perfect system in in the world, not in our brokenness, not in our sin, but the Lord guided this one. He blessed this work. So the servant swears the oath, and then he loads together ten camels with some of the choicest gifts of the land from his master Abraham to give to this woman and her family. You might ask your children, are there other times you can think of where camels bear gifts? The one that we most likely will think of first is the Magi coming to visit baby Jesus in the gospel account. While camels are not specifically mentioned, in Matthew chapter 2 there is a prophecy in Isaiah chapter 60 verse 6 that we would tend to connect to the Magi, and that does mention camels bearing gifts. There's also a couple Old Testament accounts in 1 Kings chapter 10 verse 2 when the Queen of Sheba brings gifts to Solomon The king of Israel and 2nd Kings chapter 8 when Ben-Hadad king of Syria sends 40 camels worth of gifts to Elisha the prophet hoping to hear a good word from Yahweh about his illness and whether he would recover so they're going to go and go to Mesopotamia which in, in the Hebrew here literally is Aram of rivers that's a reference to the land between the Tigris and the Euphrates Uh, specifically though, Mesopotamia spans from the Persian Gulf all the way up into Asia Minor. It is a vast territory. Haran is a city there, city of Nahor. That's where he lives, where Abraham and his family had moved after they left Ur. In Genesis chapter 12, as we saw that take place, well, chapter 11 and 12. So he goes, the servant goes, and he waits at the, the well at the time of evening. This is when women would come out once one of their two trips a day, they would go out in the morning before the sun got too hot, and then they would wait for the sun to, to start to go down so it was a little cooler, and they'd go out again. So you'd get your water in the morning, you'd get your water for the day, and in the evening trip, you'd get your water that you would need for yourself, your livestock for the night. And so it was just that rotation. This was the work women did in their community. And so the servant is going to a place where he will see many women at the same time. There's some wisdom in his action here rather than just knocking door to door in the community trying to find a wife that way. Now he prays, and really he puts the Lord to the test in this to see if God has blessed his journey or not. Abraham promised that God would, even saying he would send his angel before the servant on this way. Grant me success today. Show steadfast love, or covenant faithfulness, To my master Abraham, show that you are faithful. That's the test. And so how is he going to show? Well, he's going to show faithfulness that when the servant asks one of these young ladies for a drink, she will not only give him a drink but also his camels as well, and that shows great hospitality and generosity on the part of the woman. Those are characteristics that this servant is seeking for the wife of his master's son. Those are good characteristics to teach and raise up in any of our kids, whether they're male or female. Before he's even done speaking, Rebekah shows up on the scene with her water jar. So we were told already that she is the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Nahor. That was learned right at the tail end of chapter 22 and she is described as being very attractive in appearance not the same words that were used to describe sarah for sarah's beauty but she is the second beautifully described person in scripture we'll talk more about that when we come to the account of rebecca's twins specifically jacob as he seeks to find a spouse in the house of her brother laban when the servant asks for water to drink, she not only gives him something to drink, but she also gives something for his camels. And she does so quickly. I'm going to point that out about Rebecca and her brother Laban, because he runs in verse 29 to meet this servant. And she does this work hurriedly, hastily. There's a, something to be said about, the, again, the hospitality and generosity. This is not simple work. The fact that she says she's going to give to his camels until they have finished drinking is also not simple work. He's got 10 camels, and camels drink a lot. Camels are a, a wondrously created animal that the Lord has made, and they excel in desert areas. A, a camel can, can guzzle down a bathtub's worth of water and then hold it for weeks at a time. They sweat very little, and that's why they can make such journeys as this. I don't know that she quite gave each one a bathtub worth, but she gave each camel until it was finished drinking. Imagine this being numerous trips from the well to the trough. And the servant just sat there and watched the whole time. He's seeing her hard work. He's seeing her generosity. He's seeing how she cares for someone she doesn't even know. This is what the Lord has created us to do, by the way, is to care for his creation. She's caring for a neighbor in need, and she's also caring for animals. These are good things. So he sees this and gazes at her in silence. After this, he gives her gifts. Gives her a, basically a ring for her nose and a couple of bracelets that would go on her arm. And the equivalent here for the shekel, a shekel's two-fifths of an ounce, this is 4.2 ounces worth of gold, which by today's measure, is over $8,000 worth of gold. This is not a cheap gift. This is not an inexpensive gift. There's a lot invested in this, and this is just a couple of doodads, if you want to phrase it that way. He brought 10 camels worth of gifts to bring to this this house, this family. He then asks if, well, who she is, and if there's room for him to stay the night at her father's house. This is where she confirms that she is it's daughter of Bethuel the son of Nahor and she says that they do have the ability to care for his his men and for his camels that night they have straw and fodder for the camels at this the servant bows down and he worships the lord for the lord's faithfulness that the lord has met his test his demand and provided such a young woman Rebecca on her part sees his worship hears the name Yahweh And she runs home, again, more haste, she runs home to share this news with her family. At that, her brother Laban runs back to meet the man, and he and welcomes him home, invites him, blessed of Yahweh he calls him, and brings him back to the house, cares for the camels, and so forth. As they set food in front of the servant and his men that were with him, Uh, He refuses to eat until he has stated his purpose for coming. That's the part we're going to skip over. Again, verses 34 to 48, because it's a recount of what we've seen before. Verse 49, though, he then ends up saying, tell me if you're going to meet my request or not, so that I know how to advance. He wants to continue his journey to care for his master's son. The brother, Laban, as well as dad, Bethuel, they believe this has come from Yahweh, and they will not answer, good or bad, is their phrase. Rebecca has been spoken for by God Himself, so she's yours. Take her and go. That's the picture. That's showing quite a bit of faithfulness, although we don't know if it's monotheistic belief. We know from the book of Joshua that Nahor, Bethuel's father, the brother of Abraham, worshipped many gods, not just Yahweh. So it could be we see a faithfulness, a a worship of Yahweh alone in this house, or it could be that they're polytheistic, worshipping many gods, but they see that Yahweh in particular has blessed Abraham, and so they're good with this. One way or another, there is a faith in Yahweh, we just don't know if it's in Yahweh alone as it ought to be you can't tell from the text so the servant bows again worships God right he doesn't bow to them he bows before Yahweh he worships the Lord he gives many costly gifts of attire to Rebecca and as well to her mother and to her brother Laban they eat they finish the meal they spend the night As they wake in the morning and he seeks to take Rebecca and leave, the brother and mother plead that she would remain ten days. You can imagine that, right? This is the first that they had known. This was not planned in advance. Uh, A stranger shows up on your doorstep, and the next day you don't have your daughter anymore. You can imagine they might want a little time to say farewell. We don't know what there is to this other than that, but perhaps that's all it is. But the servant refuses. He wants to go immediately. They ask Rebecca, and she's willing to go. So those of you who object to this uh, practice of marriage, A, I would point out, our method doesn't work very well, the way we do dating, again, culturally, in, in the United States. Even Christian marriages, half the time, end in divorce. We've got to do better. We, we should repent of that, certainly. But B she is willing. This isn't just a dad tells her what to do and she has to do it. She's willing to do it. So she goes with her nurse. That's a woman named Deborah, by the way. We learn that name in chapter 35, verse 8 later on. Her family blesses her on the way out, that she would bear many children and that those children of hers, those descendants, would one day defeat their enemies. Both of these things will come to pass. God will bring these about, making Abraham into a great nation as he has promised. So he's fulfilling his promise. And also in the book of Joshua, as they leave the the land of Egypt, they enter the promised land, and the Lord gives them the promised land, as again he has promised to Abraham. So they begin their 500-mile journey back. By the way, I don't think I mentioned the outgo. Camels can travel in the desert 40 to 120 miles a day depending on conditions and and what your purpose is. So this is a 5 to 13 day journey as they go 500 miles. So roughly a week or two that they're traveling. We learn that Isaac has returned from Beer Lahai Roy, which is where we saw Hagar meeting God in chapter 16. This is 30 miles southwest of Beersheba, where Abraham has been commonly dwelling. Both could be considered in the Negev, though, the south land, south country, dry country, below the land of Israel, He's meditating in the field. That's a peculiar word. It is only used this one time in all of Scripture. If he's meditating, musing, pacing, English translations vary. Um, we don't know exactly why he's in the field. But he's in the field, and he sees the camels. He knows this is his family coming home, his servant, his household. Rebecca sees him. She dismounts her camel. Uh, the, the Hebrew there is a little vague perhaps that she either dismounted on her own will or she kind of fell from the camel it's hard to say Um, but she's off the camel either way she puts on her veil recognizing that this is her husband this is the man she is now betrothed to in a way there aren't veils mentioned elsewhere in this pattern right she wasn't veiled when she went to the well so this isn't like a, a maiden virgin kind of thing she was not veiled on the journey Sarah is spotted in Egypt and Philistia because she is beautiful. That doesn't happen if she's veiled. So veiling here appears to be the bridal attire, that she came on the journey and she's now ready to be married. And that's exactly what happens in the next verse. As the servant reports to Isaac everything that's happened, Isaac then takes Rebekah into the tent of his mother and she becomes his wife very simple fulfillment of Genesis 2 verse 24 for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and they shall become one flesh there's no wedding ceremony here sex equals marriage and there are certainly moments in scripture that talk about sex that way thus we see the patriarch family shift instead of the focus on Abraham and Sarah we have a new generation the focus on Isaac and his wife Rebecca as we move forward He is comforted after the death of his mother because he now has a new significant woman in his life, and a new family. And yet again, it will be through this family tree that God keeps His promises, and the gift of a Messiah, a Savior, will be given to man. Let us praise the Word Incarnate, Christ who.